Rational discussion, common sense, open debate. RCR, Reality Check Radio with Paul Brennan. The Chief Executive of the Free Speech Union, Jonathan Ayling, joins us this morning on Reality Check Radio after what happened in the weekend. Jonathan, welcome to uh, the program. Nice that you can make a bit of time. You were there. Wow, you were there. I saw, I think, a flash of you in one of the videos um, where the action was. I'll get you to describe that, and then we'll talk about what happened. But what were you expecting before you sort of rocked up there? Thanks, Paul. Look, we were uh, anticipating a pretty strong response from both sides, and and we were excited by that. Of course, the Free Speech Union had been speaking out for about a week uh, against the attempts to exclude Posey Parker from coming into the country. Uh, first, uh, the Green Party had launched a a letter uh, trying to motivate that action and then following the events in Melbourne where uh, Nazis attended her rally, uh, the Minister of Immigration announced that he would look into that. So we, we opposed that and of course uh, succeeded in, in having the Minister not intervene there. That was judicially reviewed. We uh, were party to that case and saw the judge uh, stand up for the Minister's uh, decision. So we were pleased that she was able to come into the country to have her say, to have, let other Kiwis participate in that discussion and and of course let those opposed to her views also have their speech rights protected so uh, we thought that it would look similar to other events that had been held where peace uh, police set up uh, separate lines for the different parties that that the one side would be allowed to hold their event while the other protested and disputed and contested their claims vehemently. That would have been a really a positive expression of speech rights in New Zealand and the tolerance we have for diversity of opinion. Unfortunately, what we saw yesterday uh, was was really anything but that. I, I've attended a fair few rallies and protests in my time, and I have never been part of a mob like that. And really, that's the only word I can use to describe it. Uh, it, it there, there was a point there where it was it was a, it was a heightened form of free speech, and they they were obviously carrying the day through a, a, a demonstrable presence there. Good for them. It then transitioned into a mob where. Uh, they they became very intimidating, very threatening, and at, at, at certain points, violent. And the Free Speech Union has never shied away from absolutely unreservedly condemning intimidation, threats, and violence from anyone who would try and shut down the speech of others through imposing their force. And so uh, we, we're deeply concerned by the scenes that emerged there. We ran a woman out of town or out of the country uh, through intimidation and violence. Uh, the the claims that she feared for her life are not hyperbolic. Um, and and I, I'm concerned by the jubilation that so many have had at, at what is um, a, a very troubling tenor for for the history of Albert Park, which has a history of, of kind of being the speaker's corner of New Zealand. This is a sad day for the speech rights uh, for those who have, have expressed them there in the past. Okay, so picking apart how it came to that, um, there was a, a lot in the run-up to it. We all saw what people were saying on, and I don't like to say both sides because we're all people and, you know, it's, I mean, compared to some issues that we've struggled um, through over the years, I'm thinking back to the Springbok too. I was out there in the streets for that. You know, um, it, this is a, seems to be a very minor one, a no-brainer. W- women have a right <laughs> to speak for themselves. 
It's as simple as that. So how did it get to such a fever pitch to kick off in the way you described? And who's responsible for that? Because I think we need to start talking about who is responsible for this. I think that's an interesting question, though, though a very difficult one. Uh, I, w- I would hesitate to, to say that, um, as some commentators have claimed, that the media has incited a response here or or other people have... have oh, wait on, wait on. They've been calling her anti-trans. She never said that. That in itself is inflammatory. Sure, and, and inflammatory, absolutely. But, but Paul, if we're going to defend speech rights, we have to let people use their interpretation of it as well. And what we consistently contain, uh, can, um, commend is the fact that uh, we we do not get to prescribe the language other people use in these debates. And so if, if they want to portray... No, but the media debate, have to be accurate, Jonathan. Sorry to jump in, but they are there to be to report accurately. And we're talking about the media here. Yeah, I, I think you and I both probably have increasingly lowering expectations of, of what balance would look like. And, and certainly I know of some uh, Broadcasting Standards Authority complaints that have been laid uh, based on the coverage that that uh, occurred the week prior to these events, um, and it will be interesting to see what happens there. Our our point is that we have to protect speech rights for all people, or we cut ourselves off at the knees. The issue here is not so much, uh, in my opinion, the build-up, but the way it was managed yesterday. And I blame the police for that more than anyone else. They have a duty to ensure that individuals in public spaces are able to exercise their rights to go about their daily lives. And police abjectly failed to enforce the law which protects individuals' rights to, uh, to, to voice controversial opinions. And, and uh, the, 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 I used the word mob very clearly yesterday because that's what it was. Uh, that by no means excuses what happens there. I think we're missing the point, though, if we try and pick apart this tweet or that tweet. Uh, I think it's a distraction and it actually leads us into greater polarization. This is not the response we need for the New Zealand community at the moment. What we need is a response that says New Zealand is a tolerant society that is willing to hear from people that we disagree with. And that's why if 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 this just turns into an, a, a further extension of the culture well, that this is going to be, this has become, uh, we all lose. The, this, we have to take this back to basics and say, look, for those of you who, who care about the transgender community and agree with them, um, we, we, we must still accept that people can voice their claims, whether you agree with them or not. And, and the police failed to ensure that was able to occur yesterday. And that is why we've launched a public letter this morning. And, uh, and, and we're going to be uh, hoping that tens of thousands, I'm sure tens of thousands of Kiwis will join us in signing that, calling on the police minister and the police commissioner to, uh, to address those scenes, there will be uh, independent police authority complaints, I'm sure. And we must ensure that there is accountability for the absence of the rule of law at those scenes yesterday. Okay, the police then. I mean, people are, are wondering right now, was that a failure of competence? Because all the signs were there that, you know, two groups were going to come together, let's say. So if the police aren't across that, who is? No one. And from the footage I saw, um, there was a very low police presence and any um, any catch up on dealing with it was too late. So we're allowed to ask, is that incompetence or is it willful holding back to let it kick off? What do you think? 
Um, look, uh, Paul, as I travel the country, I, I, I hear all sorts of theories about uh, malevolent actors. And, and I say, don't chalk up to conspiracy what can be easily described through incompetence. And yeah, so I, I think understand that. But, yeah, but, but, you know, I, I this is, but, people but I don't could have got hurt here, mate. But no, 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 no let, let me finish, because I, I don't think that is the case with regards to yesterday's events. I, more often than not, I say, usually it's incom- incompetence, not conspiracy. Uh, yesterday, that I, I stood beside the police commander as he told pro, uh, those that were there to hear from Posey Parker that Posey Parker, the, and this is a quote, I wrote it down because it chilled me so uh, definitively. Uh, he said, Posey Parker is in a public space. We cannot intervene. If she feels unsafe, she needs to leave. That is an absolute dereliction of the responsibility and the duties of police, where it is their role to intervene to protect law-abiding citizens if they feel unsafe. It is not the role of those that are going about their lawful lives to simply flee out of public life because they feel unsafe by threats and intimidation and violence of those that surround them. The police have failed in their role here. Now, I I accept that there are many other factors that lead to such a large crowd being so uh, intense, and I I would say hateful yesterday. But I think, as I've said uh, before, it is a distraction if we do not hold those who are responsible to account for their role to ensure lawful expression. And it is the police, and and, and so that's why I agree with you, Paul, here. I, I I don't know where those orders came from. I think that will come out in, in weeks to come. But the police refused to intervene, and it was not an incompetent decision. It was a very intentional decision to allow those scenes to unfold. And that is very chilling for what that means for free speech rights. Was that the area commander that you quoted? Uh, no, I, 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 the area commander certainly wasn't on the scene yesterday. It, it, it was one of the police that was that was leading. Right. You know, there, there were I, I probably saw a dozen police there, uh, and, and this was one of the individuals that appeared to be coordinating that. I don't I don't know who they were or what their rank was. They were clearly a police officer uh, coordinating others, and and that that comment just struck me as so sinister. Yeah, so you're saying we need to know how that comment came about and what the planning and all the communications, because if we can't rely on the police in these situations, what's the point of having them, right? Well, the, the politicization of police is, is, is consistently listed as a threat to democracy. The, w- democracy's functions because we accept that the state alone has the exclusive use of, of force. It has a monopoly on violence, as, as the term often said. And so they, we, we accept that they have the right to detain people. We, have the accept, we accept that they have the right to, to keep people apart in order to maintain the rule of law and the liberties that we demand in a, in a civil democratic society. If they are starting to pick and choose which side gets those rights, free speech is taken off the table. And that's the really concerning part for us, Paul, yesterday, uh, following the events, we, we sent communications out to our 80,000 supporters around the country. And the headline of that, the subject line was someone is going to get killed. And that's not because we are trying to be salacious. It's not clickbait. We are genuinely very concerned that once free speech is taken off the table, it's not like these ideas just go away. 
people still believe what they believed prior, probably even more strongly. And you've taken the right to peaceful, uh, perhaps perhaps uh, cantankerous or or vehement, but but still verbal expression off the table, and they will take more demonstrable forms. We are very concerned by the police in action there because it will rile up both sides. And we are very concerned that someone is going to get seriously injured through this. Okay, so now the crowd that you observed, I mean, what they ask for is inclusion, understanding, tolerance, and all of that. And from what I can see around me, they have that. There are concerns at a basic level. There are concerns, obviously, we know about changing rooms, prisons, sports, all of that. And that's all fair enough. It's totally fair enough. That's that's kind of normal in most people's minds. So how do you think, what, what's your view on how those people have become so angry and so myopic in their view that, that everything else is blocked out? You saw it in action. Uh, I mean, where, where, where does that come from, do you think? The hashtag no debate is the most reductionist view I've ever heard. And it is a very dangerous one because it, 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 it takes any form of disagreement, any form of nuance, any form of slightly gray thinking off the table. It becomes very binary, ironically, a very black and white. Yeah. And you, 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 either, you are either an ally and, and you endorse them entirely or you are a Nazi. And society does not benefit in any way through such unnuanced perspective. And I, I am, have no problem saying, Paul, that uh, the, the team at the Free Speech Union has a wide variety of views on this, almost encompassing the full spectrum. Uh, and, and, and yet we are able to continue to work together, to engage with those differences, to hear from one another, and, and, and form far more moderate and considered views, I believe, because we've heard from the other side. And uh, by, by shutting down any form of disagreement or debate and labeling it as, as far-right extremism, as Nazism, as hate, it actually breeds the very worst tendencies in our society. And I don't want to say that then creates those who do disagree into Nazis or, or into hateful, but it certainly makes them far more entrenched in their views. And we need to be pushing in the opposite direction to build moderation and, 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 and dialogue around this. And I'm not saying that will ever result in us standing in a circle and singing Kumbaya. This is not a utopian vision, but free speech is a very pragmatic one that says, well, at least it'll mean we'll be able to live next to each other without killing one another. And, and that, that, that sounds salacious, that, that sounds hyperbolic, but let's not forget that the uh, standard in human history has not been a peaceful, stable society that has been able to tolerate differences. On the contrary, the opposite has been the expectation where differences like this lead to violence. And New Zealand is not exceptional. It is not unique in the fact that that could never occur here. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying we're on the outbreak of, of civil uh, war, though civil unrest has occurred at some level. What I'm saying is we have a declining culture of free speech that refuses to engage with the other side, and we all lose when that's the case. And the content of what was going to be said by Kelly J. Keene Minchell, Posey Parker, at that event, which never happened. Um, obviously, you know, the, the protesters there, they wanted to shut it down. There were people who wanted to hear that. I see that you were quoted as saying that you thought some of her views, I don't know, all or some of her views were repugnant. Which ones, Jonathan? 
Oh no, no, I that I'm I'm not sure where you've found that. I, I've never I've never used that word to describe her views. I, I I have said that I disagree with some of her views. Like like which uh, ones would you disagree with? I, I, I uh, and, 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 and between you and me, Paul, uh, you know, just this conversation that we're having, uh, I, I, I don't want you to misinterpret. It's actually on the other side. I, I, I think the, the cultural values that we've pursued even prior to the transgender movement have actually led us to, um, to uh, the, the dismantling, uh, dismantling of sex and gender and, and a traditional perspective of the role of sex and gender in society. And so uh, while fourth wave feminism is very much in, in the spotlights now, I, I, um, I think we, we need to look further back into the foundations that have been laid for those movements in prior movements. And I think uh, Posey Parker very much stands on, on second and third wave uh, feminism, though she would not call herself a feminist. And I think th- there have been uh, errors there that have actually laid an unstable foundation, and we are reaping the fruits of that today. Okay, so this is all out around the world now. She's going to be interviewed uh, X number of times, and she will say not nice things about her experience in New Zealand, I'm betting. Um, we look like some sort of, well, I, I don't even know how to describe it. How would you describe the look? Um, bar- barbaric misogynists where we uh, th- this isn't about th- th- for us this is not about transgender rights this is not about gender critical perspectives this is about whether women you know women in their 70s in wheelchairs who were attend- wanting to go and hear from another woman who had come to speak on women's rights is going to be tolerated in that way uh it, it, to call that misogyny now is not to take the side of the gender critical perspective it is simply to say we are running a woman out of town because of her opinions what other word is there for it and so i think i, I think what we saw the other day was was almost positively medieval they could have destroyed our tourism industry <laughs> i mean serious with all that's on my plate, Paul, that's not my primary concern. No, but but he, yes, he, you're probably here's right. Here's how it affects everybody. This is the point I'm making. In business and everything, we're seen to be a liberal uh, first world democracy with a long history of standing up for the rights of our people and, and pushing you know, really good causes in the world for a long time. You know, we've built our reputation on that. And here, here it is being smashed to pieces. The, the legacy of Kate Shepard, and the pride that we have been able to take in as Kiwis for pushing for equality and the voice of all people to be tolerated is having great damage done to it. And uh, and that is why we believe the work of organisations like the Free Speech Union that is content neutral but fighting for these basic freedoms is so important. And, you know, we, we, ha- we have people that say that uh, we're just indulging in culture wars. Paul, I, you may know a little bit of my backstory. I grew up in a post-Marxist society in Mozambique where the basic civil liberties that uh, we, we take for granted in this country were not to be found. And I say that we, we are not so far away as we might think from losing these crucial freedoms. Here's a sensitive question, but it's been commented on, and we'll we'll wrap up in, in just a moment, been commented on a few times. There seem to be signs you could, well, okay, was it a, a mob dynamic as we sort of traditionally understand it? Or have we got people in there who have got mental illness issues that are spilling over into the bigger picture? Uh, my perspective is whenever you have a large crowd uh, emboldened in a passionate cause, 
then we will probably see certain fringe elements or certain uh, slightly unstable personalities attracted to that. And while you mean like Parliament? Be, well, I was going to say this may not be a popular thing to note on, on, on this radio station, but I, I think that was very much part of the dynamic that ended up occurring uh, at the at the protest at Parliament. So we're, some we're, crazies turn up on the last day and it goes it goes nuts. Crazies turn up at this one and it goes nuts. It's kind of pattern emerging. I, I, I think that's part of it. And I, I, I think and I don't, I'm not contending that they are the, the same people. You use the word crazies. Uh, but, but well, I mean, who would abuse a 70-year-old woman in a bloody wheelchair? Yes. Yep. That's a very fair question. Uh, barbaric misogynists, I would say. Uh, the, the, the point is, though, there, there is going to be a dynamic that I don't think we should use that brush to paint the, the whole group. Um, I, I think there probably are a um, uh, there, there were people speaking against Posey Parker today who who have been who have been associated with that mob who who I know were concerned with how it ended, just as people at the protest parliament uh, have been associated with now who are also concerned how it ended. So, so again, the way I think we need to engage in these important conversations is with consideration and thoughtfulness and allow people to speak for themselves, not seeing them simply as part of a monolithic group, whether that is far-right extremists yelling abuse at media in front of parliament or, or anarchists, transgenders, uh, you know, in Albert Park. Uh, th- there is a whole spectrum of individuals that encompass these different views and free speech enables us to to discern a path forward for our whole society. Before we finish, Paul, I do just want to note again that the Free Speech Union has, has launched this public letter that we think is an important response to the events yesterday, where we draw a line under and say this is not what we accept as a society. And so that can be found on our social media pages, Free Speech Union on Facebook, um, NZ Free Speech on Twitter. I encourage your listeners to find that letter, to read it, and to send it to uh, the police commissioner and the police minister, because we really must see accountability for police on this issue. Okay, um, just uh, just one last question, and um, I, I don't know who the right wing extremists in Parliament were. I'm sorry, I, I didn't see them. But um, a final thing. Uh, I, I'm not characterizing that. I'm saying that is the way others have claimed it. Just okay. as I, I don't know who the anarchists were at Albert Park yesterday. But we want to know. These... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So um, here's the wind up. So now this has happened. Middle New Zealand has presumably seen bits of it from what angle. I don't know if it's from mainstream media, it'll, it'll have the filter we all know about applied to it. So where does that leave trans rights now in New Zealand? Because I'm thinking there'll be a lot of angry people. And, and when people get angry about things, they say, well, sod that go to hell. You guys, I'm not interested. You had your chance. You've blown it. You've revealed who you are, not interested. Have they set their cause back massively? A decade, I would say. Uh, It'll take them a long time to recover from the damage that has been done by their actions. And the reason for this, Paul, and I hope your listeners remember this as well, censorship doesn't work. And so it does... you know, at, at, at one level, think about the think about the the jubilation and the joy that individuals like Max Tweedy and Shania Lal have at the response yesterday. Well, these were the, the two individuals the day before who had been trying to stop Posey Parker from entering the country. So now they would say, oh, well, thank goodness we didn't win the judicial review. Thank goodness we didn't succeed in blocking her from the country. Be- why? Because it gave us a chance for us to have the speech. And, and that, that's fair enough. Censorship would have stopped them from having their voices heard as it was yesterday. But yesterday, censorship also prevailed by failing to have 
Posey Parker make her case and for them to respond and for debate to ensue by that. And that would have been so legitimizing and, and, and moderating to these extreme conversations. And what we've seen instead is, 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 is an extreme expression that has anyone that has a single question or anyone with a semi-moderate view going, well, stuff that. There's no way I want to be associated with a group that screams abuse at a 70-year-old in a wheelchair. There's no way I want to be associated with barbaric misogynists who, who try and stampede a, a, a visiting speaker. And so I think a lot of people look at this and go, hang on a second. Where's the love that they talk about? Where's the inclusion? Where's the kindness? The censorship that we saw yesterday, which abused the speech rights of, of many in Albert Park, will have actually done great disservice to the claims and the cause that they are trying to advance. Just finally, I, I saw this uh, comment. I want to get your reaction to it because, I mean, whether you like it or not, you're part of this. Um, and, and it's this. This is not just an issue about free speech. It's also misrepresentation and lies about what she, Posey Parker, represents. It seems a line has been crossed, fueled by media and government police. FSU can talk about free speech, but where is the line? This is about truth and fiction. And that's fair enough, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's why I constantly accept that free speech is not a destination. It's a journey. It's not a masterpiece. It's a tool. You talk about truth and error, and that's fair enough. These are not the aspirations they once were in society, and we need to revive them. But the way we pursue truth and the way we discern error is by allowing people to make claims that we can disprove and oppose. And, you know, many people have said to me, but the media were complicit in, in making claims about her that aren't true. We're not stupid. So we can see that the media were making claims that weren't true. By branding her as anti-trans, we can see that this is not true. And so we can disprove those claims. Trying to silence the media or trying to, to limit their speech rights is not the solution to this. And so I, I accept that, that the work of free speech is a very uncomfortable one. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like anyone's really comes out on top. And, and certainly in a zero-sum form, no one is the winner. But it helps us progress. It is a crucial tool that we neglect at our peril. And I, I worry that even amongst those that often talk about the importance of free speech, they miss the principle that before anyone else it defends their enemy's right to speak. If we don't accept that, we don't believe in free speech. Well, thanks for making a bit of time to come on Reality Check Radio and, and hear, first of all, firsthand um, your uh, report about what happened from your own eyes. And sometimes we're told not even to believe our own eyes these days if we see something. So, uh, you know, uh, that was good to hear. I'm wondering um, what, what sort of fallout just quickly are you expecting uh, in the next few days? How do you think it'll go? I think we'll we'll continue to see real condemnation of what occurred there. And while there have been sites of jubilation and joy from uh, one side at those events, they will come to see this as a t turning point, I think, uh, against them in terms of public opinion and the need for more conversation on the claims that they're making. Jonathan Ayling, Chief Executive of the Free Speech Union, thanks so much. Thank you, Paul. Bye-bye. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.